0: I've had moments of like wow this is like really happening and so that's pretty cool because I I think it's really important to enjoy those moments and I feel like people are always looking to the next thing and the next goal and, and that's a huge part of the sport but I also think it's really important to like just sit back and be like wow this is this is happening right now. I think just taking it one step at a time and just enjoying where you are is really important.
1: What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Mario Fraioli, and we are back with a fresh episode of the Morning Shakeout Podcast. My guest this week is Ellie Purrier. Ellie, who is 25 years old, runs professionally for New Balance Boston. In 2019, she represented the United States at the World Championships in Doha, where she finished 11th in the 5,000 meters with a personal best of 145817 Indoors last winter, she broke the American record in the mile at the Milrose Games, running 416.85 in one of the most exciting races that I've watched in quite some time. We covered some good ground in this conversation. Ellie told me how she's gone about her business during the pandemic and after the Olympics were postponed. We talked about how her training has evolved in her first few years as a pro, why underemphasizing mileage in high school and college has helped her to stay healthy and perform at a high level and the workouts that let her know when she's really ready to rip on race day. We also discussed what it was like growing up on a dairy farm in Vermont, the parallels between farming and running, racing some of her childhood idols as a pro, and a lot more. Before we get into this one, a big thank you to New Balance for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. I'm going to take a minute to tell you about the new Fuel Cell RC Elite. This is the best road racing shoe that I've ever worn, period. I've had a pair since earlier this year and I love them just as much for faster fartlek sessions as I do marathon pace tempo runs. I wore them for one mile and 5K time trials this past spring and they felt fun and fast on my feet. I'm a men's nine and a half and these shoes are just the perfect weight at about seven and a half ounces. The combination of fuel cell foam and a full length carbon fiber plate puts a little pep in your step and the DynaRide outsole provides good traction in a variety of conditions. So if you're looking for a fast shoe, check out the fuel cell RC Elite at newbalance.com or at the links in the show notes. Okay, let's get right into this one with Ellie Parrier. So we're having this conversation in late September. I know that you recently got married, so congratulations on that. And I'm curious where you're at right now in this weird year as it relates to running with your summer racing season essentially being wiped out and an uncertain fall and winter ahead of us.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's definitely been um a different kind of year <laughs> to say the least, but um this summer um uh, my teammates and I, you know, still trained pretty hard. Um we put in the miles and were able to do a couple time trials. Um just to simulate racing and we actually ran, um, some pretty fast times. So we were pretty happy with the mini like kind of fake season, if Mm -hmm. you will, (laughs) that we had. Um, and then, you know, a couple of weeks right before the wedding, um, we started to take more downtime, which kind of was the original plans just like if it had been an Olympic year and that's kind of why I planned my wedding around that time is because it's more of a natural time for us to start to wind down in the season. So, um it was kind of good to have, you know, a little bit of structure there with that. Um so now I'm just coming off of my break um and starting practices again and starting to, you know, get back into mileage but really slowly just um getting back into it. Um you know, this is only our second day of practices and I've only been running like a little like, you know, like half the mileage that I normally do. So just easing into it.
1: From a timing standpoint, are things looking pretty similar to what you think they would have looked like had there been an Olympics and you're having your wedding anyway, where you would have taken that downtime at about the same time, given where those things landed. And right now is when you would have been building back up for fall.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We were kind of lucky that it did kind of work out like that, but, um, yeah, just Planning to take a break around my wedding was, you know, something I had planned for over a year. And, um, I was glad that that still worked out and that we were able to do the races earlier in the summer. Like we originally planned, even though they were not the races that we were planning on doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it kind of just worked out that this is about the time that we normally would be taking a break. So it kind of sets us up while well going into the next, um, training block and season.
1: What was the conversation like amongst your group back in March when things started to get shut down and it started to become obvious that the racing season, as we would have anticipated, it probably wasn't going to happen.
0: Um, Yeah. I mean, I think it came in waves and just so many unknowns. We didn't um, obviously expect any of this, but I think just taking it day by day was kind of what we did and um, just Doing what we always do and training hard and sticking together like that's kind of just what we did and um, obviously we were disappointed to hear about all the races that were canceled and I feel like we didn't like count any single race like out for good because it seemed like a lot of you know uh, meet directors and everybody putting on the races were trying to you know keep them on the schedule and keep them going um, even despite everything being shut down. And so I think we just kinda took it meat by meat, although, you know, kind of in the back of our heads we had a hunch that probably these races weren't gonna be happening. We weren't gonna be traveling. Um, but it was definitely, you know, kinda hard to get used to that. And so now it kinda just seems like the whole summer's gone by and um, you know, I think we made the most of it and um just, you know, keep moving forward and we're just, you know, just trying to get ready for next year.
1: <laughs> How did you feel personally when you heard that the Olympics were going to be postponed by a year? Did that let some of the air out of the balloon or did you, were you able to accept it and move forward?
0: Um, yeah, it took a little bit of time to accept that. I would say like, you know, when everything first started happening... Uh, like I said it was like kind of happening in waves like how you felt about things but when coronavirus the first outbreak of it happened um I was like no way they're gonna cancel the Olympics that would be crazy you know and then everything started getting canceled and shut down and closed and and then it like kind of you know led up to that but like just having that be an unknown answer was pretty hard to deal with you know probably like the week before like starting to like come to that realization was pretty hard. And then when they actually announced it, it was like, Oh my God, like, you know, you've just been planning for four years and this is, you know, your dream as a professional athlete. Um, it's your ultimate goal is to make it to the Olympics. So that was, you know, a huge letdown, but I think after a few weeks, um, you know, just kind of making a different plan, it, you know, it it sat better Mm -hmm. and I knew that it was the right decision. Um, like I wouldn't want to be flying to Tokyo with everything going on. That would be insane. Like, you know, now it just seems like crazy that that would even like, I would not want to do that. So, um, but yeah, like I said, it was really just, it was hard at first, but now it's, you know, it's better and I've accepted it.
1: Before all of this hit, you had a huge moment back in February. You broke the American record in the mile indoors running 416, which was a huge race for you. Last summer, you made the world championship team. You were 11th in the 5,000-meter final in Doha. How were you feeling about where you were at earlier this year before everything got shut down?
0: Um, yeah, I was feeling pretty good. I'm not going to lie. I was feeling like I was on a roll. Um uh, I came off of like winter training pretty fit and so I was really happy to um be able to go to Millrose and have that huge race. Um I feel like it you know just kind of made 2020 for me because there was nothing else going on. So I felt really fortunate that I did have that um that experience, you know, and it's definitely given me confidence moving into the next year, but um you know, I'm hoping that I can you know pick it pick back up where I left off.
1: You mentioned how you're just back to practice this week and prepping for fall right now. What do the next few months look like for you and your training partners from New Balance Boston?
0: Um, so yeah, I'm in Boston right now with my teammates just kind of, you know, running once a day so really lax but um we're hoping to start getting fit in the next couple weeks um enough so so that we can go to um you know a little bit of a altitude training camp we're just kind of waiting to find out if that's going to be possible and safe um first but we're really hoping that we can get out there and you know get back on track and um get into a groove and so we think that would be the best place to do that is you know in, in like altitude like in flagstaff is usually where we go so we're hoping that that works out um but then you know coming home for thanksgiving and then um you know like we we do like five six week training blocks so that's kind of where what where my head is right now i can't really think past that
1: when you're coming off of an end of season break so to speak how long does it take you to feel like yourself again and to feel like things are clicking and that you're starting to round back into shape
0: Oh, it takes a while, probably at least like, I mean, if you're including the break, like even longer, but, um, I took about a week off and then the last week I was running like every other day. Um, so, you know, it'll probably take me three, three, four weeks to feel like more like in shape and like, like normal per se. Um, I just... Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of weird how like you take one week off and you just feel like a different person. <laughs> I'm like, okay, my calves really hurt all of a sudden. Why is this happening? I do this all the time, but I don't know. It's so bizarre, but yeah, it's just kind of funny to like, it, like it just becomes so normal to run that kind of mild mileage. And then you don't realize like when you take a break, how much things change. But yeah, I I would say just a few weeks and I'll be feeling back to myself. <laughs>
1: And those breaks for you, are they typically 2 weeks, is it just 1 week completely off running like you mentioned and then every other day for a week and then you're kind of back into things? Like what is what does that look like? Is it a very like set 2 weeks or is it sort of like 2 weeks and then another 2 weeks of trying to ease back into the routine?
0: Um yeah, I'd say it depends on like the end of what season, like indoors to outdoors, it's usually a shorter break, but like last year after Doha I took 3 weeks off and Um, That was, you know, the, that's probably the most I'll take off, um, in a break, but, uh, I think I did, honestly, I don't even remember, (laughs) but, um, yeah, this, this time I took a week and then ran every other day, but kind of like before my wedding, I was running like an hour a day and not doing workouts. So it was kind of like a different Mm -hmm. sort of break than normal. And so it's really catered to what's going on. Um, you know, like that season and stuff.
1: What are the workouts that you do once you hit them that let you know that you're back in shape and you're really ready to start rolling again?
0: Um I'd say like if I crush a good tempo, like that's you know what makes me feel pretty strong and like I'm I think it's a pretty good test to um you know my fitness level and lets me know that I'm ready to go. <laughs>
1: Last bit on the here and now, looking back to some of the time trials and intra-squad races that you guys put together this past summer, how did you feel about them given that they weren't on a big stage and you weren't able to line up against some of the best runners in the country that aren't on your own team? Yeah.
0: Um, definitely a completely different feel. Like um, It was pretty tough to like, get really excited about the time trials, like, like I was excited, but it was just a different kind of, um, you know, like stimulus. It was kind of more like, okay, here's my chance to run fast. Like I know I've been working hard, but like, it's not like the big feel of like the crowd or like traveling anywhere far. Um, you know, it was almost like more efficient (laughs) because we would just like kind of cater our week to like, kind of like a race, but like, I didn't get quite as nervous and I still ran really well. So it, it worked out, but, um, yeah, there's just a lot of things you could compare back and forth, but I feel really fortunate that I have the teammates I have right now because, you know, like we, bu- we pu- push each other, um, and practice all the time and then we can do something like that and push each other in a time trial and get results. So, um, you know, I was just trying to think of the positives of what we did do this summer. And, and that was definitely one of them, but, Um, I don't know. It just kind of felt foreign because we hadn't been to, you know, a a track meet. Like we did go to one that was in Connecticut, but it was basically just me and my team. (laughs) Um, but like just being at a track at like nighttime and like, there was like some people there, you know, like in different uniforms and stuff, but like, not like it was very minimal amounts of people. And so that, like, I remember us cooling down and talking about how it just felt. so different so foreign it felt like a, a a dream almost because we had missed out on our whole season um so it, you know like just also missing the races kind of gave us a greater appreciation for um you know being able to travel and and go to those meets that we've missed all year
1: what was it like being in that situation and then seeing that like Shelby Houlihan and Krista Schweitzer run 1420s in an intra-squad meet. And then you've got some other women over in Europe who are running really fast and well under four minutes for 1500 meters. And you guys are just doing your own thing in a pretty unofficial capacity.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, I try not to like compare myself to other people a lot, but definitely that was super impressive and I'm happy for them. That's like really great that they can do something like that um you know like without an official season and everything and um but i just try to like focus on what we're doing and i think that we you know put together some pretty great things just um here in boston and um i'm feeling confident about my fitness and my training this summer so um but definitely keeping them on the radar and and using that as a little bit of motivation and um, i would say like super happy because the, you know, like women's running scene is just like so crazy and insane right now. You know, I, I feel fortunate to be able to run at the same time as these people.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, the depth right now in american women's distance running is just insane from the 1500 meters 800 meters really all the way up to the marathon i mean your your primary area of interest is 1500 meters mile 5k last summer on the track you made the world championship team for you thinking about now 2021 being an olympic year where would you like to focus your energy can you do both are you leaning more toward 1500 meters or do you see 5k as more of your avenue
0: um, yeah, I mean, I think I have a lot more fun with the 1500. And I'd prefer to stay there. But we'll just kind of play by ear and see how my fitness. I mean, my training goes. Um, And then also like how the how the races go. Um, I kind of like having both and not just being stuck in one event, you know, so I'm not really sure. But I definitely do enjoy the 1500 more. So it's a lot more fun to race for me.
1: You're back in Boston right now with your teammates getting ready for fall and winter. You grew up on a farm in Vermont. I know home is near and dear to you. Is it challenging to be away from that very like rural environment and to be spending a lot of your time in the city in a busy place and around tons of other people?
0: Yeah, um, I'd say that's probably one of my biggest challenges as a professional is just being away from home. Um, but I feel fortunate that, you know, my coach is really flexible and he recognizes that. And so like, if I need to go home on the weekends, like he lets me do that. And, um, you know, just having my teammates as friends too really helps. And, you know, like I've been hanging out with them, like out of practice and, you know, going to do like, like Heather and I went for a bike ride yesterday in the city. And there's a lot less people in the city right now too, which helps, Mm -hmm. but um, we were just biking around, we went out to lunch. It was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, it's definitely challenging, especially just, you know, like this is the first few weeks of Jamie and I being married. Um, so like, it's like, Oh, I really didn't want to leave, but I know that it, it's not, you know, like it's not going to be that long until I see them and, um, it works out, but yeah, it's something I definitely have to like recognize and take care of.
1: So he stayed back in Vermont while you went to Boston to train with your teammates?
0: Yeah, it's corn season at home. So it's like super busy. They're just like working all hours of the day and into the night even. So he, um, yeah, he has to stay home and help out his farm. But it's a super exciting time of year at home.
1: Do you miss being there for this time of year? I mean, fall in New England is probably the best time of year anywhere on earth. I grew up in New England, so I'm I'm biased as yeah. well. Um, and it's great being in, in Boston, but is it extra hard for you just not being around your family and around the farm?
0: Yeah, it is, but but I've been able to spend quite a bit of time there during coronavirus. I've been there the whole time. So it's made it a little bit easier. Um coming back and, and I'll, I'll probably go on the weekends and stuff to home. Um, That's worked out really well. And so, uh, I mean, yeah, I'm not going to say that it's not hard to, like, leave at first, but, um, you know, Jamie's just a phone call away. And um, I did get to help out a little bit on the farm. Like, before I left, I was helping with cropping. And so, it was, like, extra special and um, just kind of carrying that with me, I guess.
1: You've been... Training with New Balance Boston and Coach Mark Coogan for I think about two years now, coming up on it. How have things evolved from you from a training standpoint since you graduated from UNH?
0: Um, I think that they've evolved like pretty near perfectly. I um was pretty like low mileage in college um, compared to, you know, like I don't know some of the other like I I don't know I don't know compared to what like I feel like there's just like a you know everybody just thinks that distance runners can only you know find success from running like high mileage and so I, I feel like um coming from high school I hardly ran at all and then my college coach eased me into mileage and so like once my fifth year rolled around I was you know like a little bit higher but Mark um knew that I was ready to increase my mileage a little bit and so that's definitely been a big change that's probably one of the biggest changes but also um the workouts have become more intense but I think just like sticking to my base rules or like listening to my body is number one most important thing to do and um having teammates there to like run the hard workouts with me has definitely um been like a huge um, factor and in, in, you know being able to train at a higher level.
1: Do you think that underemphasizing the mileage in high school in college has contributed not only to your development as an athlete but also being able to stay healthy as a high performance adult?
0: Yes, I definitely do. I think, um, yeah, I feel really fortunate that that has like been the way that my career has has gone, and I think you know just incrementally increasing things um, has been the way to go. And that's how I found success. And I think, you know, not getting burnt out at a young age, it has been a huge part of that. So, um, yeah.
1: You graduated from UNH in 2018. I think you were like an 11 time All-American. How were you thinking about your running future at that point?
0: Um, at that point I was, you know, pretty confident I was going to run professional. I had started to like, look around at different groups. Um but just taking it, um, you know, like year by year and not really looking like honestly, like at that point I didn't think I would be making it to worlds and making a world championship final. Like I I really had not expected that. I mean, like maybe like hoped for it but like didn't expect it. And um you know, I think it's just gone a lot better than I would like could have imagined. But Um, yeah, I I don't know. I I think my fifth year is when I really started to like senior and fifth year is when I really started to think about pursuing, um, running past beyond college. Um, but yeah, does that answer your question?
1: (laughs) It does. What was it about coach Coogan and new balance Boston that made you want to join that particular group?
0: Uh, definitely a lot of reasons. Um, so my college coach was pretty good friends with or is pretty good friends with Mark. Um, so that was definitely like a, a starting point, I guess. Like, um, But also I knew I wanted to stay in New England. So just location wise, it, it made sense. So those are like two like pretty grounded things. But then also just like New Balance, I think is a really great company. And I really like their shoes. I like their style. And so I was really excited to sign with them. Um and also just the team like when I went and visited it just seemed like the right atmosphere and um so it's just everything was right for me. So
1: had you looked at a number of other groups?
0: Yeah, I talked to um quite a few other groups. You know, I I don't know that I visit every single group that I talk to, but I talked to a lot and um I visited most of the groups in Boston. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's good to like, look at all your options. So you feel the most confident about the decision that you make, you know,
1: take me back to your beginnings. I know that you grew up on a dairy farm in Vermont. I'm interested in what your introduction to the sport of running was.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, well, I think from a young age, I always liked running or I mean, always liked doing different types of sports. Um, but I didn't really start running until um, high school. I really um, was naive about the whole track thing. Um, So I played soccer my freshman year of high school. And then basketball was really my favorite sport. And so um, for tryouts freshman year, we had to run like a mile, like just to like see who was fit or whatever. And the assistant coach, for the basketball team was also the track coach for a different school. And he like came to the tryouts or whatever and saw that I was like really far, like a- ahead of everybody, like basically blew everybody out of the water and um, <laughs> he's like, you should try out for the track team. So I was like, okay, like maybe I'll do it, but I really wanted to play softball. Um But I ended up, you know, taking a chance. And so I tried track and, you know, not that the rest is history I definitely took some involvement but um yeah I turned out it turned out pretty good for me on freshman track and so I ended up um actually making a team like we didn't have a cross-country team at our high school and so like my history teacher was really into running and he helped he and I kind of made the cross-country team at our school. And so then for the rest of my time there, I um, ran cross-country. And that's really where I feel like I fell in love with the sport. Um, Yeah.
1: Do you think having that varied background as a kid and not specializing too early, in addition to the low mileage we talked about earlier, has helped you to really come into your own now as an adult?
0: Yeah, I think that a lot of my background has um been a huge aid in my success um I played basketball four years of high school and so it's not like I was you know taking it way too serious in high school and just kind of easing into it I think has been um you know like the best recipe but also just having my the background that I do in farming like has made me a pretty strong person from a young age like I learned a lot of lessons growing up on the farm that I'm you know, really fortunate for, and even more so as I get older, I realize you know, that foundation is there and learning how to work hard and just, um, you know, like just so many things I've learned on the farm that has helped me in my career.
1: What are some of your earliest memories of working on the farm?
0: Uh, I mean, I don't really have a memory that doesn't, like, I don't remember an age when I didn't, like, remember going to the barn like it's always been something that I've enjoyed um but I do remember like from a young age like we used to milk more cows then and so we went to this my parents rented this other farm and I'd always go down like when my parents were at chores and I'd ride my bikes around the or my bike around the farm and um then when I got older I was able to help more and so you know that came with a lot of responsibility They always say, like, don't learn how to do a job you don't want to do. (laughs) But um, just like from a young age, I was always unloading hay in the summer months. And um, we raised heifers as um, years went by. Me and my brother were kind of in charge of doing chores before school and stuff like that. But I I don't know. There's just so many things. I don't know exactly what to say. But I think just, you know, being around the cows is, you know, really therapeutic and something I've always loved.
1: Have you ever shied away from hard work or because it was instilled in you at such an early age it's just second nature to you at this point?
0: Uh I mean, it's not <laughs> I don't know, like nobody wants to like just work all the time. Like I definitely like enjoy, you know, taking some leisurely time to myself, but um I think just like reminding myself that the hard work will pay off is has been like you know, a good way to like get out the door sometimes, like knowing that, um, you know, it's going to benefit me. Um, but it's not like I just wake up and I'm like, Oh, like, how can I work so hard today? (laughs) But, uh, I definitely think it's, it's helped me a lot.
1: Let's go down that line a little further. What are some of the parallels that you can see between farming and running?
0: Um, Yeah, I think that both industries um, from the public eye are a little bit misunderstood. And I think that they do have a lot of similarities. um, But like people maybe don't understand them unless you're in the industry. You know, I think that running is a lifestyle and so is farming. I think it's something that you kind of have to be obsessed with. You kind of have to put everything into in order to make it work like you have to kind of cater your life to that and it seems like kind of crazy to people who aren't in it um but the people that are in it just absolutely love it and they kind of imagine their life without you know waking up and working on the farm every day or waking up and running every day like it's i i can see really similar you know like fact uh, i don't really know the word like variable i mean um i can see like similar um, lifestyle factors, I guess in that. But, um, I also think, you know, like you can put everything into either one and something terrible can happen. And like, that's just the way it goes. And like it, like, you know, like my dad like works really hard, like every single day, um, he gives his whole life to the farm, but like milk prices are just awful right now. Like that's just the way it is, but he's going to keep farming. It's just what he does. And you know I think that similarly in running, like you can train super hard, like all your life ready for the Olympics or the the Olympic trials, and you just like blow up the day of and like you just find a way to get back up, brush yourself off, and um you know go find another race and just keep moving forward, you know I think that that's something um that's kind of similar and a life lesson that I've learned um yeah. And then there's always like the cliche, um, you know, like make hay while the sun shines. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the same for running. Everybody always says that. But yeah, yeah. definitely when I was younger um, and first starting to run, um, my cross-country coach kind of tried to use farming as something that I was comfortable with um, and familiar with. And he would try to like translate, you know, metaphors from that into running. And now I kind of find myself doing the opposite because I'm so comfortable with the sport. So it's kind of funny.
1: <laughs> Who were some of your role models when you were growing up in Vermont?
0: Uh, definitely my sister. She was always really into sports when when I was, you know, like in sixth grade, I would always go to all her basketball games. Um, you know, that was kind of my first introduction to like team sports and, you know, the dedication and the um, you know, the love of this sport, you know, that's where it kind of came from. It's just watching her, um, do things like that. And she's like one of the hardest workers I know. And so she's always been a role model to me. And, um, but if you're thinking like celebrity role models, I, <laughs> I always loved Taylor Coppenrath. He was, uh, a really big basketball player, at UVM back in the day when UVM beat Syracuse. And I know probably not a lot of people remember that game, but I do. It was like a huge, huge deal in my town. Um, But then like (laughs) when I got into like later years of high school, I started to follow more professional runners. And um, Lauren Fleshman was always somebody I kind of looked up to. I I read a lot of her blogs and, um, you know, kind of always followed her. And Shalane Flanagan was also somebody I, I followed a lot too
1: you're early in your professional career still have you had any moments where you've been in a race with someone that you had looked up to years prior as you were coming up in the sport
0: oh yes definitely that's like something I've tried to like you know calm myself down about like okay like this person's in the race like you know it it definitely like started in college when I started racing at Millrose, and there was like some big names there and Um, you know, like it's just, I just have to remember that I belong there and, um, you know, not to get too worked up about it, but it is a pretty cool, like, you know, thing like that I've come like full circle and now I'm like racing against some of these people that I used to like really idolize.
1: Give me an example.
0: Um, well, Jenny Simpson, for sure. Like my first, um, time at USA is, I think was my first time racing Jenny and I just um Mark told me to try to you know stick behind Jenny because she knew what she was doing and I'm like okay like <laughs> <laughs> I can do that okay like so like that was probably one of the first ones but um you know like racing at Millrose like I remember I sat next to Shannon Roberry at like one of the like like warm up areas um and I was like you know that was kind of I was, like, starstruck to, like, try to play it cool. I don't know, Brenda Martinez, I've always looked up to her. So, you know, she was in some of those races, those first races, too.
1: When you switched over to running in high school, I shouldn't say switched over because you stuck with some of the other sports. But when you took up running in high school, was it challenging for you to not really be in a team environment. I mean obviously it's like a team sport when you're on a cross country sport when you're on a cross country team, but you know, in a lot mm-hmm. of ways it's just you against the other competitors or you against the clock and you really can't rely on anyone else. I'm I'm interested in how that transition was for you. Is that an environment you prefer to be in or was it a challenging transition?
0: Um yeah, like in high school I liked that I still did basketball and so I you know still was able to have that team culture and you know like like fun times with my team and like we'd have like you know a lot of good times in the locker room and like obviously like on the court it's like different than in a race when you're completely by yourself so I like that I had that but um you know like just that's just the nature of running and so I think the team has always been important to me whether you know like it's you know like at in a race or like doing like you know team night things like tonight team night activities you know you always find a way to bond but definitely like in a race it's just different like I I don't know like I guess it's not something that like has been a huge challenge but it's definitely like something that I recognize
1: were you a really competitive kid growing up
0: um yeah I I think most people would say that I am yeah or I was
1: (laughs) was it just in sports or were you competitive in other areas of your life as well?
0: Yeah, I think I am my biggest critique or, um, I critique myself the most out of anybody. Um, I think that's something I've always done, but maybe I didn't like, realize that that's, uh, the way I was until like, I got a little bit older, but I can definitely see areas of my life that I, you know, I'm always trying to do better. Um, yeah, so I'd say I was pretty competitive.
1: Why do you think that was?
0: I think it's just a personality thing. Um not really sure why. I think it's just the way I am.
1: What type of adjustments have you had to make as you've gotten older and you've started competing at higher and higher levels of sport?
0: I think, you know, in high school, I, I wasn't challenged maybe quite as much mm-hmm. like in racing. and. And similarly in college, unless I went to like, you know, NCAAs or like some of those bigger meets. But, um, I think like the mental aspects of running is really, really important. And so like, just like your attitude about a race and like your confidence is, um, really important. And so I think, um, yeah, that's definitely been something I've had to work on and, you know, just believing in myself, believing that I belong and that I can do it it's definitely been an adjustment um, because you're literally up against the world's best runner. So like, it's really hard to like, you know, beat these people. And so if you're not winning, like you're still trying to like say like, Oh, but I did good. Like I still ran a PR. So that, that was definitely an adjustment, but um, you know, I I think just finding confidence has always been easy and that's definitely um, been an adjustment that I've needed to find. One of
1: the things that I love about watching you race is the last like lap or half lap or so because your kick is devastating, yeah. and if you're there with less than a lap to go, like watch out. Has that always been one of your strengths as a runner?
0: Yeah, I think it has um, i I think I've always kind of had a kick, but there's definitely been instances where I haven't, <laughs> but I think it's it's something about. You know, it's kind of that mental piece that I was talking about, like where it's like, okay, like literally give everything that you have right now, like because it's about to be over, like the pain's about to be gone. So I think that that's something that I think about in a race, like whether, like I, I mean, it's not like I'm having full thoughts in that moment. But <laughs> one time, my coach told me that, like, if you're not like completely gas, like done, like at the end of a race, like you didn't try hard enough. And I think that's something that stayed with me over the years.
1: What type of races do you prefer? You've done well in races that have been rabbited and then you can sort of let loose, but you also ran a significant personal best in the 5,000 last year in a world championship. Do you prefer those championship-style races or do you like ones that are fast from the get-go? Yeah, I don't know.
0: That's a tough one. I I guess I like any race that I do well in, but I don't... (laughs) I don't know, like, what I would prefer. I I, I think, like, championship races are, like, that was just, like, racing in Doha was just, like, a whole new level of, like, enjoying a race. Like, it was just an honor to be there and to wear USA on my chest. Like, that was just, um, you know, like, the most fun that you could possibly have in a race. But I I kind of, like, enjoy that for a different reason than I would enjoy, like, a rabided, really fast race where I'm running, like you know, like a really big PR or something. Like I, I enjoy them both for different reasons.
1: Do you have to pinch yourself sometimes that you are now one of the best runners in the country, if not the world, when you look back just, you know, two, three, four years and you're running at, you know, relatively small school, UNH relative to some of the other bigger universities and you were Fairly unknown coming up, and now you've almost got like a target on your back. And when you're in a race, people know that you're going to be in contention for the win at the highest level of the sport.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think after like the race at Melrose, I it took a while for it to like sit in. Actually, like I didn't actually like believe it for the first like day or so. Um, But I, I don't know. Like I, I think. I wouldn't like really change like coming from a small school or school or anything. Like I, um, I think I've always been fortunate with to have coaches, um, and teammates that like really love the sport and, um, know like what's going on, you know, like my, my college coach is one of the, like wisest coaches I've ever talked to. And, um, now like switching coaches and and working so closely with Mark, like he, always has so much confidence in all of his athletes. And so I think that that's, you know, a huge factor in r- racing at the level that I have over the last two years. Um, and like, you know, him believing in me, like helps me believe in me more. So that's definitely helped. But yeah, I've had moments of like, wow, this is like really happening. And so that's pretty cool. Cause I, I think it's really important to enjoy those moments and not always like, I feel like people are always looking to the next thing and, the next goal and and that's a huge part of the sport but i also think it's really important to like just sit back and be like wow this is this is happening right now
1: <laughs> yeah that's a great takeaway for anyone listening to this especially those who aren't competing at the level that you're ex i see it with a lot of age group runners where they can't enjoy their accomplishment it's always like what's next it's always like what's next and that's what helps yeah. you get better but at the same time you can lose that appreciation for what it is that you just did
0: Definitely. Yeah. I think just taking it one step at a time and just enjoying where you are is really important.
1: Where do you think your biggest areas of growth as an athlete are at this point of your career?
0: Um, I think I definitely still have areas of growth and that need to happen, like in racing strategies and stuff. It's still something that like, I think I need, I, I could always use more experience in, um, cause you know, like in the f- fifteen hundred sometimes it's not about like, who's the fittest. It's about who ran the smartest race. And so that's something I, I think I could work on.
1: Last question before we wrap up this conversation, what is exciting you in running right now?
0: Um, I think, you know, right now it's kind of been just a little bit slower and more relaxed. And I'm just enjoying like getting out the door and, you know, running with my teammates and just kind of enjoying that therapeutic piece of, of, training.
1: I love it. That's a great place to wrap this one up. Ellie, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the morning shakeout podcast.
0: Thanks. It's great to be here.
1: All right. Thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the morning shakeout podcast. If you enjoyed it and want to support the show, Please tell a friend about it or throw up a post on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook and encourage your friends and followers to listen and subscribe. Also, make sure that you tag the AM Shakeout in your post. You can also leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're listening to this on, which only takes a minute and it really means a lot to me. A big thank you to New Balance for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. I'm gonna take a minute to tell you about the new Fuel Cell RC Elite. This is the best road racing shoe that i've ever worn period i've had a pair since earlier this year and i love them just as much for faster fartlek sessions as i do marathon pace tempo runs i'm a men's nine and a half and these shoes are just the perfect weight at around seven and a half ounces the combination of fuel cell foam and a full-length carbon fiber plate puts a little pep in your step and the dyna ride outsole provides good traction in a variety of conditions check them out today at newbalance.com or at the links in the show notes. I'd like to give a shout out as always to my man, John Summerford. He's the audio ninja for this show and makes every episode sound clear and amazing. Also, thank you to Jeffrey Stern for the social media assistance and Chris Douglas for handling sponsorship sales. Last two things before we wrap up. If you're digging the podcast, I think you will love the morning shakeout email newsletter. Every Tuesday morning, I give my take on what's happening in the world of running, along with a short collection of things that I've been thinking about, reading, and listening to. You can sign up to receive it at themorningshakeout.com slash subscribe. Finally, if you want to support The Morning Shakeout directly, you can become a member on Patreon at themorningshakeout.com slash support. I put out a separate weekly podcast on there called The Weekly Rundown, which I co-host with my friend and colleague Billy Yang and offer other exclusive perks and sneak peeks from time to time. Okay, that's it. I'm Mario Fraioli, and this has been another episode of the Morning Shakeout Podcast.